It is Celebration Sunday and we have the opportunity to celebrate the Lord through baptism. We have this hope in Jesus Christ, don't we? I love that song. I had the opportunity to sing it twice. I love it and that's exactly what baptism is about. You know, Jesus in the beginning of his ministry, he set the example of being of baptism when he was baptized. Let me read that account to you. It's found in Matthew chapter 3. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus' words are so important to hear. Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I remember when I was baptized, don't you? I was about 25 years old when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I knew absolutely nothing about the Lord, about baptism, but I gave my life to Jesus Christ on a Monday night on a couch in our front room. And I remember the pastor said, Tim, you need to be baptized. I didn't understand it completely. I just knew it was obedience to do that. And I was excited to do that. I could have been five years old. I could have been 80 years old. I was just doing it because I was being obedient to the Lord and that's what these folks are doing here this morning. They are identifying with Christ. They are proclaiming to the physical world and to the spiritual world that they know and love the Lord and they will follow Him all the rest of the days of their lives. And you get to experience that. introduce to you, this is Ellie Cardoza. Good morning, Ellie. Morning. Ellie, can you share with your church family here at Grace Community Church, let me get you a little closer to the microphone. Can you share with us when you gave your life to Jesus? I gave my life to Jesus on February when I was with my parents. And where was that at? My house. Your house, and you gave your life to Jesus. Why are you being baptized, Ellie? Because I want people to know that I trust in God. Could you say it any better? Go ahead and grab your wrist. Look at, look at me. Grab your wrist. There you go. Look at me. Ellie, you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Yes? Have you given your life to Him? Yes. Will you follow Him all the rest of the days of your life, no matter what should come your way? Yes. Upon this, your profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In case you don't know, she also happens to be my granddaughter. <laughs>
gotcha. Haven't lost anybody yet. Just. Let me introduce to you, this is Monica Stiles. Good morning. Good morning. Monica, could you share with our family here at Grace when you gave your life to Jesus Christ? Um, about five years ago um, when I found out when I was pregnant with my son. Okay. And why are you being baptized today? Um, because um, the Bible says that I should be and because I want to make sure that I'm following God. Okay. Yeah, it's the first act of obedience. Good, good for you. Monica, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, correct? Yes. Is it your desire, and will you promise that you will follow him all the rest of the days of your life? No matter what should come your way, you will follow him. Yes. Upon this, your profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is her husband, Donald Stiles. I think you're a little taller than me. That's pretty rare. <laughs> Donald, when did you give your life to Jesus Christ? Probably about a year ago. Okay. And why are you being baptized? That pleases God. You know, you, you don't know it, but this family dedicated their son to the Lord in the first service, dedicated themselves to the Lord. So the Lord is really working in their lives, and it's a good thing. Donald, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, yes? Yes. Upon, and is it your desire, and do you promise that you will follow him all the rest of the days of your life, no matter what should come your way? Yes. Upon this, your profession of faith, brother, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Good job. And it just doesn't get any better than this, I'm telling you. And now you have the opportunity to, to view the baptisms from our beach camp this year. For those of you who are not new to Grace, this podium is always an issue when we do baptisms. It needs to come down, it needs to go up. It reminds me, it's an analogy of my sin. My sin is an issue, but Jesus takes care of it. I was thinking that song, Blessed Assurance. I can be assured that one day I will walk perfectly because Jesus said it, because it's been promised, and our God is faithful. If there's one word that song reminds me of, he is faithful to the core. He does not forget his promises. Causes us to sing with great passion and also to humble ourselves before him as we make requests. Let's pray together. Father, your faithfulness, your love, that's the foundation of why we can be confident. It's not in ourselves. It's not in anything else but you. And we are very grateful. We are very thankful. We are very humbled that you would reach out to us when we were turning away from you that you sought us when we were not seeking you. How kind you are. 
how faithful you are, how loving. Please make us like you. Help us to be children who mimic you in this way. Help us to reach out to, to the lost. So, Father, they one day also can listen to the melody that we're listening to. We can, they can speak to you like we're speaking to you. They can praise you like we're praising you this day. And, Father, we don't just praise you with our lips, but, Father, we praise you with our whole lives, including these offerings right now. It is an honor to honor you. It is a privilege. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the epitome of faithfulness and love, that we pray these things and thank you. And all of God's people said, amen. Good morning. My name is Caleb Hamilton, and I am a college student who's a part of the Satellite Ministries here at Grace Community. And I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about my story and how an awesome community of Satellite and Grace Community has played a role in my life. Um, so growing up, I grew up in a home with parents who took me to church with them, did Bible studies with them, learned about Christ throughout my childhood, and it was awesome as a kid being able to have friends to, to learn the Bible with and, and have parents that would do that for me. And I did that all the way up until I was able to go to a youth group. And when I found a youth group, I was what you would call a perfect youth group kid. I would go every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning. We even have Monday night guys groups that I would go to every Monday. And I would bring my Bible, I would sing the songs, I would go to all the camps. I'd even lead some Bible studies to the younger kids when I got old enough. Junior high, I went to a camp and I even accepted Christ as my savior. But the problem was, was that when the service was over and I was with just me and my friends, I wasn't the same kid. I listened to the music of the world, I acted like the world, I talked like the world, I looked like the world. I lived as if there was never a God in the first place. Freshman year of high school, I began to do all the things of high school. The parties, the friends, all the things that would make you popular and cool in high school. But every day, every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, I was there. I was looked up to, I was respected by my friends, but after service was over, it was back to my old life. Freshman year of high school, or, yeah, freshman year of high school, I began to go on a Mexico mission trip with awesome friends of mine that I have. And I've been going for about seven years, been down there about 12 times. And still, when I got back from Mexico, it was back to my old life. And it wasn't until my freshman year of college that my best friend, who had lived the same life as me, done everything together, had gone away for about a year and a half to be a missionary in Mexico where I served. And at that trip, that spring break, he was speaking at a youth service for the kids in Mexico that night. And as he was speaking, I began to realize that that night in junior high, when I accepted Christ as my savior, it wasn't really me being saved it was me falling into the trap of America that says, repeat these words after a pastor and you'll be saved. The problem with that is that I neglected the part in the Bible that Jesus says, repent and believe in me. You see, the problem is, is that I believed in Jesus Christ for all my life, but so does the devil and there's nothing he does about it. So as my best friend was speaking to me, I realized that my life 
has never really been in Christ. It was all emotions. And I began to break down, and I fell on my knees, and I prayed with my best friend, and I cried out to God. Because his life had changed while he was in Mexico. And he was telling his story, and his story is a lot like mine. And I felt like he was directing it straight to me. And later that night in Mexico, we were going through a Bible study with me and him in Corinthians. And that night we were in chapter 10, and we got to the very last verse. And it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And as I read that, I began to think that that needs to be my life. But it's hard. I struggle with it every day. It's hard to think to eat to the glory of God, to drive your car to the glory of God, to drink water to the glory of God. You have coworkers that make you mad. You have people that cut you off on the freeway. It's hard. It's not easy. But it's not a suggestion. It's a command. And so when I came to Satellite, I was in Satellite for about a year before I went to Mexico that year. And it was an awesome community. I made awesome friends, and I made great connections. But it was still just me going, hanging out with friends, worshiping Christ, listening to a sermon, and then leaving and going back to my old life. But once I came back to Satellite after Mexico that year, everything was different. The way that I saw the worship songs, the way that I read my Bible and listened to the sermons, and I made better connections with the friends that I have. It's an awesome community to be a part of, and I encourage everyone to be a part of it. I feel like I can be vulnerable with my friends, which is something that we all need. We all need friends to be vulnerable with. That when they say, how is your week, that you don't just say good or it was all right, that you can tell them what's really going on in your life. So junior hires, high schoolers, kids in satellite, I challenge you to examine your life. Are you living out 1 Corinthians 10.31? Because I wasn't. And I, and I thank God that I was able to live the rest of my life to see the problem that I was having. Because you only get one shot, and you can't be wrong. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Brittany Kalmink. I'm the children's director here at Grace, and um, I have an opportunity to introduce to you guys two people um, for and have them talk about Awana this morning, um, Rick Turner and Jane Willis. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have them up here is because I also wanted to recognize them. They both have been serving 30 years in Awana, and I just wanted to recognize them for that. So I just have a few questions for them this morning. Uh, my first question for you guys is, how did you guys get started in serving in Awana? Okay, um, 30 years ago, uh, my wife and I and my kids, we were new to uh, Grace Community, and it was coming up to the Awana uh, year, which starts in September, and I got an indirect phone call from God via Pastor Leroy. And <laughs> and asked me if we would be interested in joining um, the Awana team and ministering to the kids here. Um, I jumped in both feet right, right away and my wife uh, followed shortly afterwards. And I started when my oldest daughter started in Cubbies in the three and four year old program and they said they needed 
parents and leaders to help make the program a success and spread the work around for everybody. So I joined as a leader and the next year became the director and have just stayed. What kept you guys continuing to serve even after your kids were graduated out of Awana? I didn't become involved with Awana because of my children. Though they ran, came through the program and went through it, um, none was in um, the age group that I worked with right away. Um, but it was a call um, from God on my life to uh, work in this ministry with these kids. And um, so I re obeyed that call. And I kind of felt that the three and four-year-olds was my call as well. I love being able to, to minister to that age group. We're kind of the, the first step in letting them help understand the love of God. They hear a lot of things from the world, but I wanted them to hear the love of God from our age group. Plus, in Cubbies, we get to train a lot of the Awana leaders. They start in our group and move on up. So Cubbies have trained a lot of Sparkies and TNT leaders. What has been a blessing for you serving in Awana? Um, obviously, seeing my kids run through the program, um, and all three of them made it through the program, the complete program. But um, what I really see is now I'm working with kids that are kids of kids that were in my group. <laughs> That's a lot of kids. And, and it's pretty awesome just to see those kids uh, come and bring, bring their children. And Awana, God's word made an impression upon their hearts that they wanted to bring their kids to the same thing and go through it because they know the importance of it. So what a great blessing it is to be able to work with those kids now that are kids of our kids. And my blessing is when I get to see the kids like the junior high baptism. I told Brittany, those were all my cubby kids. There's a bunch of cubby kids. Ellie Cardoza got baptized. That was one of my cubby kids. To see uh, the foundation was laid and they've, they've stayed with it and, and grown in their walk with God. And last question, what would you say to those who are thinking about serving or haven't been able to get involved yet? What would you say to them? Answer the call, pick up the phone, answer it. It's not going to be, as I said during the first service, it's not going to be the bat from like Batman hats. It's going to be a call, okay, from either somebody on staff, uh, a neighbor that works in the program, um, a fellow teacher or whatever it might be. But there's a, that's how God works. He works through people, and he's using people in ministry. And, and so that's how the call will come. Just be willing to, to uh, answer that call. Um, we're all called. To, to be uh, servants of the Lord as, as uh, he calls us and just be willing to respond. You, you have the opportunity with kids right here. You don't have to go looking for them. They come to you. You get to share the, um, the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. So answer. Yeah, and it's just for my group, just be a little mother or father hand to my little three or four kids for an hour and a half, helping them learn the gospel. Like I say, even in the three and four-year-old program, they learn the gospel. They learn A is for all have sinned and C is Christ died for us. That's, that's the basic gospel there. And Rick had also mentioned, you know, the kids coming through the program. I'm seeing kids coming through my program too. And I mentioned in the first service, I'm kind of a goal person. So I've had my kids come through and now my next goal is to see grandkids of my cubbies come through. <laughs> 
Well, thank you guys. And just want to offer to, for you guys, if you ever want to serve, come see me. I'm always willing to put someone somewhere. I always need, we always have needs in children's ministry in Awana and Sunday mornings and adoptive school. So come see me. And again, thank you guys for taking your time to listen to us and hear about Awana. And thank you, Rick and Jane. I appreciate it. It's always a marvelous thing to see a baptism, uh, not just a one or two, but as many as, uh, well, I have this morning and on the same uh, day that we observe the Lord's Supper because baptism is the, it is the profession of faith in Jesus Christ. It is that profession of faith that says to the body of believers in a public way, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And in the act of being buried and raised, albeit in water, it is in the most fundamental real sense it is that enactment that helps a person to fully realize what God has done in his or her life when they die to themselves and they are raised to newness of life in Jesus Christ. That's what baptism reflects. It's the cornerstone of the church. It's the cornerstone of the Christian life. It's interesting to me that the night before Jesus was betrayed, when he was at table with those who had left everything to follow him, that's basically what we are doing in baptism. And he said to them on that evening, which was a Passover evening, as he took the bread and broke it, and then later the cup, and they, they passed it and all took of the bread and all took of the, of the wine, the Passover cup. Jesus identified everything that they were doing and would do from that time on in what he was doing in their presence, dedicating his life for theirs. And the blood that was going to be literally spilled, both being the consumption of his earthly life that became the basis of their new standing, their new identity, which is then celebrated in baptism, the completed work of Jesus Christ on the, on the cross and then in his resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The newness of life that floods the church is the church's power, your power and mine, through faith when we remember him 
when we walk in his footsteps, when we hear his words and follow them, and that we get to do it together makes us a force of God, makes us an expression of his reign, his rule, that's called the kingdom of God on earth, which will then one day be consummated when Jesus returns. And Paul took that up in this bread and this cup as he passed it on, and others did too. It became the foundation of the early church. So it's interesting that when we identify with Christ through baptism, Jesus said, remember me. Do this as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Because no matter where we stray, what happens in our lives, who among us has not been ashamed and felt unworthy of the Lord's love or the title of disciple or child of God? All of us. But he keeps calling us back through this bread and this cup. You see, this is, this is vital for us to remember what we did in baptism, what Jesus did in his death and resurrection. And it's vital for us to come home and remember who we are in Jesus Christ because of what he has done. when he took the bread and said, after giving thanks and breaking it, this is my body, which is given for you. got pretty choked up in the first service. Because 
Every time I come back to the bread, it keeps me in the footsteps of Jesus, keeps me rejoicing in the new life that I experience because my sin is forgiven. I'm reminded of a great love. And I look at all the years that I've walked with him, and I look at all of you, and uh, at the day, at the time in the first service, I was kind of overwhelmed by all the precious people of late and of long. Even people that have come into my life, even into my own family, because of Jesus Christ. All that's happened because of him. Uh, for it's not all perfect, it's messy. Do you realize that everything that is holy unto the Lord, everything that's devoted to him, everything that is sanctified, do you know why that happens? Because it doesn't become it, it it doesn't come perfect it comes out of that which is sinful out of that which is broken out of that which has been claimed from god and it's restored to him even in the old testament even the 10 commandments follow a a format that was common to the people in that day. God redeemed that format to communicate to his people what was holy to him. You and I, we didn't start out holy. We're becoming holy. That's what this bread and this cup represent. God's transforming work in our lives. Take and eat. As often as you hold this cup in your hands, Jesus said, this is the new covenant. The new covenant in his blood that is his death established a new relationship with God built on his work, what he was doing. That's what we belong to. That's what we recognize and celebrate when we hold this cup in our hands. It is a new relationship with God that we have through Jesus Christ.
We need sacred moments in our lives. We need moments like these when we contemplate a truth that you may not hear apart from this congregation. We need sober things in our lives to remind us of what is true. And we need it in a sacred spot where it weighs heavily on our hearts. We need times in our lives where we're drawn back to what is most important and given some time to think about it and see in perspective that perspective it gives us our lives and what we give our lives to. That's the power of this bread, which Jesus said is my body, my life offered on your behalf in your place. And this cup, which inaugurates a new covenant, which is ours. And that's what we remember. All of you drinking. first letter to the Corinthian church this very early very early in the history of Christianity in the 11th chapter what we call the 11th chapter the 23rd verse 23 24 25 Paul walks them through the words of Jesus that Jesus spoke to his disciples he tells them how he is handing on to them in the words of Jesus what he himself has received. And those words are the words that I actually use every time that I talk about the bread and the cup, the words of Jesus that Paul had received and was now passing on to the church. And right after those words, this is what he said. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In other words, this bread and this cup, they keep you faithful until he comes. They keep you close until he comes. They bring you home to the true and real things of Jesus Christ until he comes. Because every time you take them into your mouth and into your heart and into your soul and you rekindle the truth of what Jesus Christ has done for you, you count yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ against everything else. You count yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ until he comes. God bless you. 
now if you will got to break the spell of all that for just a moment and pass your cups toward the center and I want to thank uh, our crack commandos for picking them up I want to remind you we have the opportunity today to give to the deacons fund it's devoted to helping people people that come to the church turn to the church because they've heard something about the Lord, something about a God who loves and cares. And they come to us for help, and we help them in the name of Jesus Christ and his love. We also help those within our own church family who need a helping hand. So if you're able to give to the Deacon's Fund this morning, give and give generously. If you need help, let us help you in Jesus' name. I can feel the presence of Tim, and so I'm gonna step away at this point. Finally, this morning, we have the opportunity to celebrate the Lord by welcoming some folks through the right hand of fellowship into our church family. I'm gonna ask those folks to come forward now and stand on either side of the platform. Um, I don't know what you think when you see the. Th various things that go on in church, but there's a lot of voices out there. I've heard people talk about the voices in the world that talk to us about how to live our lives. And those voices will often say, go it alone, be your own person. It's your life, do it your way. You don't need anybody else. I want you to know that that is not only a lie, it's also a very lonely life. Standing before you as a man who grew up in a very dysfunctional home, I know what it's like to be lonely. I know what it's like to be alone. And it wasn't until I gave my life to Jesus Christ and that pastor that I told you about who led me to the Lord and said, Tim, you now need to be baptized, and then you need to get your family into church, into a community of believers. And when that happened, I experienced something that I had not known before. And that is a family who cares about you, a family you can go to, a family you can be transparent with, as Caleb said. And so as we welcome these folks into our fellowship today, I want you to know it's a big thing. It's a, it's a big deal. I remember standing where they're standing. I remember people coming up and saying, welcome, you're a part of something. So don't take these times for granted. They're important. And so after we introduce them, Pastor John will give them the right hand of fellowship, and then I will pray for them, and then you will have the opportunity to come up and welcome them. So let me introduce them to you now. Uh, Audrey Camarillo, I'll have you hold your applause. Sarah Turner. Donald and Monica Stiles. Alan and Julie Wan, Stephen Austin, Cameron McKay, sorry, and Caleb Hamilton. Cameron McKay, Stephen Austin, the $6 million man, and Caleb Hamilton. <laughs> Would you welcome them and stand?
Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for this day. We are grateful for all the wonderful things we've had the opportunity to observe this morning. We're grateful to have been a part of it. I pray for these folks that are coming into our, into our family here at Grace, who are joining our family. I pray that you would use them, Lord. Um, I understand, we understand, Lord, that you might even use them to save a soul. You might work through their lives, and we would pray for that. And above all else, Lord, we pray that you would use us. It is our desire to follow you and to serve you the rest of the days of our life. And all the family of God said, in Jesus' name, amen.